episode 73 of the Hibs Ramble and a special one for you today um, if you are already watching on YouTube you will see it is not the normal cast that is a huge huge improvement however I am still stuck with Mark. Mark how are you doing? I'm grand mate we just spoke about 10 minutes ago but yeah I'm still good. <laughs> perfect perfect now we're joined with uh, Tony Anderson, uh, Nige and Gav Dick all right Tony how are you doing? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Is this or is this not the pinnacle of your career being on the Hibs Ramble? Where does that rank? Absolutely, man. I mean, this is an absolute pleasure. I'm not stuck listening to fucking Motherwell and fucking Jambles all day. <laughs> fans talking utter nonsense. So this is good. This is, I was delighted when you asked me that. I could get to just sit and talk with fellow Hibbies and we'll listen to absolute trash for hours. So, ah, it's a bit <laughs> better than listening to that tripe that you have to listen to. Absolutely, that's for sure. absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Nigel, how are you doing? You all good? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like us on the Ramble have been rimming you for weeks now in regards I, to uh, your content know. that you've been giving us, so oh, thanks, it's good mate. to have you on. Well, I've stopped putting my rants in on the uh, the Hip Supporters <laughs> forums and that because I just get my arse all pulled apart, so I'm just like, what's the point? But no, like, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate obviously you guys getting me involved in that and big fan of showers, you know? So. Appreciate appreciate you coming on. Um, now, Gav, special mention to yourself. You must be absolutely <laughs> delighted that Craig is not here to tear you apart because you're not going to be typing anything, so he's not going to have any chance to rip any of your spelling or anything this week. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Can I total order to be on? You know, <laughs> appreciate it. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, what we'll do is we'll just jump straight into the last derby, lads, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do, uh, we're just going to talk about the last derby that we had. Obviously, it was a bit chaotic from a Hibs perspective. Hello, Craig. How are we doing? You all good? What's happening, lads? Good, good. Nice to have you Welcome, Craig. Well, oh, there he is. Got on, eh? That's a belter. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, eh? Gav Dick, my old adversary, finally. <laughs> you've just, you've just missed it. We've just spent the last couple of minutes, Craig, tearing you apart and saying how Gav was delighted that you weren't going to be on, and then you've just jump scared them and came on. Well, don't worry, I'm here to fix any grammatical errors during the course of the recording, as I've been doing for the past 18 months. Craig, Craig, do you ken what Gav wants to be when he's older? Not a journalist, surely. A journalist. <laughs> <laughs> he must have told him before. <laughs> um, it's a long way to go, son, a long way to go. I know, I know. Gav, just, uh, just jumping straight back at it then, so... <laughs> Uh, Tony, I want to get your perspective on the overall picture for the last derby. Obviously, a bit hectic, um, finding ourselves 2 0 down, then Nelly Yuan masterclass for 89 seconds. I know a few of us on this chat have had a good 89 seconds in our life, 90 seconds in our life, but just how good was that? And what kind of learnings do you think Monty has taken for that performance at Tincastle, if anything? It's going to be tough in terms of what he's going to take from there, because I think hearts are going to be lined up pretty differently. I think they'll have a complete, completely different shape for a start uh, and the style that they're going to go with I think has changed pretty dramatically from back then. In terms of Hibs it was just it was a really good unifying moment I think for the fans in Montgomery. It's the kind of thing that has to happen 
uh, to get the sort of fans on board. We are so used to going behind against hearts like that and, and just calling it quits. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll tell the truth. I've left it. Last year when we got beat 3-0, I left it 2-0. So I left it half an hour because I just couldn't be arsed with it. Uh, but then I, I stuck around. And then, so we, I think you got some buy-in from that performance. Uh, so I think there's, I think this game's absolutely massive for um, for, for Montgomery, really. And I think it's really big for Naismith as well. I think the losers on a hiding to nothing going forward. But um, he'll know that Hibs can hurt hearts. He'll know that they lack pace. I think that he'll know that Hibs can probably squeeze the game pretty high. And that means that we could, we could on a good day, I think we could suffocate this Hearts team because there's not a lot of them that can go in behind us. So you could strangle Stranklin. So I think he might, could come out of this from the last performance and think he can go maybe a bit braver. Yeah, we've, def- we've definitely lacked, for me anyway, a little bit attacking quality-wise as well in the last couple of games. And I feel like I was saying this to Mark earlier, we've kind of changed things up a little bit since the since the Rangers defeat um, and maybe been a little bit more conservative. So it will be interesting. completely agree with everything you've said. Um, Nige, the last game at Tynecastle as well, um, Alex Lowry was huge for them. It seemed like the game turned on its head when he came off. Um, how do you think we as a club and the players on that pitch will look to potentially trying to nullify that that threat that they'll have? And who do you think will be the key men for both both sides? I think like looking back to the you know to the game at Tynecastle, Lowry was by far their you know their best player. And you're right, you know as soon as they took him off, the the game kind of changed and you know kind of spurred us on. But prior to that, I felt that you know. We were more of a kind of, I think it was more of a sort of 4-2-4 and we were getting overrun in midfield and to be honest with you, it, it was a difficult watch. I mean, I would argue that if, they, you know, if Naismith hadn't made that change, would we have got somewhere out of the game? I'm, I'm really not sure we would have because that change alone kind of, you, you know, had a, a massive detrimental effect to how Hearts continued to play and then we started to get more of a kind of foothold in midfield and I think going into this derby this is going to be key derbies are, are tend to be quite scrappy affairs anyway where I think Hibs lack is that we we don't have that physical ability you know particularly in midfield and I honestly think that the game's going to be you know won and lost in midfield I think that we you know you're going on about it's been a bit more conservative and it's probably not a bad thing and in, and in, in, you know on Edinburgh derby because it is going to be a physical affair. What we can't afford to do is um, is be allowed to to be overrunning midfield like we we did at Tynecastle, and that's my biggest concern. You know, I think if I was Naismith, I'd be looking at that game and saying, right, our hips going to play from the back. If we are going to play from the back, they're they're going to press us. They're going to try and force us into mistakes. You know, we don't have you know good players on on the ball ball playing defenders. That have the ability to kind of play that way at the moment, maybe in time when when Monty brings in his own players. But if I'm Stephen Naismith, I'm thinking Hibbs going to play from the back. Secondly, I'm going to think, you know, can we win that midfield? And I think that's going to be the key. So yeah. that's what I take from the game at Tynecastle that we were overrun massively in midfield, and 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 that's going to be a big issue. There's absolutely no doubt, and I agree with what you're saying. Like going forward, you know, we can press a bit higher. And I think we've got the ability to to really you know hurt them, but defensively, you know that that's going to be my concern is, you know, because players like Boyle and Ewan they don't want to be tracking back, you know. Yeah, and, completely and agree. 
and we force them to do that. That in the shape that we play, that's something that's forced upon them. And I quite like it, Nigel, what you're saying there, because yeah. you could have you end up with a midfield sometimes with Hibs where three of the four players can't tackle. And that, yeah. that, that can be that yeah. can be a worry if you've got Yuan Tavares yeah. and Boyle, even Levitt. You're literally going with one guy who can tackle. And that's a worry in a game like this. Of course it is. Yeah, Gav, I've got just sorry, sorry, Nice there. Sorry. Just just purely because you're touching on the two in the midfield getting overrun, Hearts having the three. Gav, I want to get your thoughts on on that. Obviously at the weekend there, we saw a huge or the weekend previous now, by the time this comes out. Um, against St Johnston, a huge loss that, that John Neal can be. We obviously are sticking with the 4-2-4, however you want to look at it. Obviously that changes in and out of possession, but predominantly Hearts will have that three in the middle of the park. How do you think we can try and nullify their midfield three and kind of over, overpower them? It kind of touches on what Tony's already said about trying to sucker them in and then going out from there. How do you think we can try and dominate at home with a two against what will ultimately end up being a Hearts 3 and potentially 4 if Shanklin's dropping deep as well? I think you need to be a bit more reserved in the players that you're playing in the positions. I think, personally, I would, if, if I was Montgomery for the game, I would probably bring in Jago. I know he's a wee bit, you've got some the support, I've been a wee bit critical of him, uh, but I think it's probably him and Newell for the midfield and then I'd probably then bring in Campbell at the left side and then it can be made into like a three in midfield to go 4-4-3 four, four, and attack him. When you're out of position, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely like agree. I think, I think the only way that we've kind of got a chance of it, it sounds really negative, but I think we really need to match them up. In terms of it's, the Hibs way. it's the Hibs way being negative, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. like, genuinely, like, I'm, I know... It's like you've probably experienced it a lot more, like a lot more kind of heartbreaks and all that. But yeah, I think we need to match them up. Um, I think we also, I think we'd, if we'd probably drop Jer, I think he'd go, yeah, he'd probably maybe play well, line up if it's a 4 4 2, you'd play probably Yuan on the right and then you can change to going Yuan on the left and then Boyle on the right, Benny up front. Yeah, you, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned earlier Yuan there as well, Mark. I want to just get your thoughts on that. Um, just before we go to Craig and then kind of wrap up, looking back at the last derby, LUN obviously was, other than that that 90 seconds at, at Tynecastle was pretty much nowhere to be seen, but he is capable of that that magic touch. Is that the type of game, with it being at Easter Road and basically what he kind of done the last time, the type of game we would still want to have him? Is Gav right in what he's saying about potentially just dropping Jair instead? Or do you think it, we would be right to to have LUN on one side and potentially Martin Boyle up top? I would always stick with with Yuan because, like you said, although you, you know you can have a player that's quite poor for ninety minutes, but when they've got the quality to pop up for ninety seconds and score two goals, I think that's a player you want to have the, on the park. I think as well, you know, whether or not it did have an, an impact on his performance is that that pitch at Tynecastle, right? You know, the it, it's it's just tight and the fans are on top of you and, and all that kind of stuff, and I, I just think that's not his arena. But with Easter Road, with it being a bigger pitch, obviously home court advantage, the fans on his side, and I just think he'll have a bit of a point to prove after the last derby as well. Despite, you know, he even came out and said that Montgomery went rag at him at half-time and then he popped up and scored those two goals. I would always stick with him because, like I said, he's got quality, you know, he's got pace, 
he's got a goal in him, he's got assists in him, so I, I would certainly stick with him up there and just hope that, you know, he, he can get it. The, the thing that concerns me is it's it's not so much Eli Yuan that concerns him, it's actually getting the ball to him. Yeah. You know, you look at, at the game against St. Johnson, you know, when you're playing that possession-based football and you're playing it about the back and you're barely getting past your own halfway line, you know, it's no Venti, it's not Yuan, it's not anyone that, that's to blame for not playing well, it's you know, they need to get the ball at their feet first and foremost for them to have a chance. So that's what I'm hoping happens. Even though, in fairness, I mean, Yuan's touch was like a balloon all day on, on Saturday. <laughs> he, he was, he was, if we get through the team cats, I can only imagine what he said to him after the, after the St. Johnston game because he was laughably bad. It was the worst, his worst performance in a hip shot, easily. Aye. Yeah. He's, he is, unfortunately, he is capable of that as well. But like, we're hoping, obviously, coming up against, against Hearts again, he'll have that fire in his belly as well. Um, Tori, was there anything else you were going to add to that? Sorry. Uh, just, uh, the, the positive thing for maybe for guys that you are in Boyle and stuff is that there'll be a lot more transitions in a game like a derby that, than there are in, in other games because the other teams, obviously, they sit off us naturally because we're playing, obviously, just because we're a bigger club. So teams naturally just do that when they come and we struggle to beat them down. But this will be hectic. The ball will be changing hands all the time and that can benefit sort of your more explosive players like Boyle. Yeah. Or you had when they're not just having to break down a, a stodgy yeah. defence. It, it makes me wonder if I've actually sent you my detailed notes rather than my normal brief agenda notes because that was pretty much what I was going to ask Craig about before we kind of wrapped oh, up on sorry. that because it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> don't you worry, um, Craig. See, coming into this game, the the vast majority of the Hearts four or five last games coming into this game are all bigger games. So Celtic Rangers. They'll have played St Mirren and stuff like that as well. The teams that are up and in and around them in the league and Aberdeen and stuff like that as well. Is that maybe going to work towards Hearts' benefit rather than our benefit? Because the, the games that we've had, albeit still tough games, away to Ross County, away to St Johnston and things like that, do you think that will play a part, the short games in a short period of time up against a tougher opposition in regards to Hearts? So they potentially, their, their level might be a little bit higher than ours? Not really. I mean, you've seen it. How many times have we went into derbies? Look at the the season, the COVID season. Like, there's no many times in my life that I genuinely felt we were going to turn them over. And that was one night when I thought we were going to give them an absolute scalp and, and we ended up getting scalped ourselves. So, nah, they could have been... Like, they could have won the League Cup on Sunday there and it wouldn't make any difference to how it would feel. Again... We won the League Cup, they came to Easter Road and basically spoiled the trophy party. So, nah, whoever's... They're on the fixtures, or even they're on the form, or even individual players' form before it, and games like this means absolutely deadly. Like, we've seen it so many times. How many how many games have we played against them where somebody's came out of nowhere and done something? Like, that game almost announced that Boyle could play up front at Tincastle when he scored twice. Yeah. Before yeah. that, he'd never really done much in a forward area like in terms of a central forward area um, so nah the fixtures form doesn't have any bearing on it whatsoever it's purely um, as Tony said it's going to be hectic and it's going to be chaos and whoever can get a level head in amongst that chaos and that's where the key thing becomes when it's inevitably it's going to be the two v's the three like regardless of what way you want to try and mark it up I don't see them We've, we've spoken about it how many times since Monty got appointed. He's never going to change his, his way. So, no, nah, I, I don't see much changing in terms of the team. So it's who can get control of that midfield 
And then, like you say as well, it's not, you know, what you and Boyle and Fenty, et cetera, are doing when we get the ball. It's how quick can we get the ball to them. That's going to be key. It's how quick we can move the ball to our dangerous players in those forward areas. Yeah. Um, what we'll do now is we'll just kind of wrap that that wrap that wrap up. What we're going to move on to now um, is we're going to move on to a little game of Hibs Tenable. Now, for the listeners, um, I'll just do a very, very brief explanation. So for those of you that don't know what Tenable is, I am going to ask the lads here a Hibs-related uh, Tenable question. So I'm going to ask them a Hibs-related question. They have to come up collectively as a five with 10 correct answers. Um, now, to give you an example of that, if they give me something that is incorrect, they will lose a life. As a group of five, they will have three lives. If they get uh, three wrong, we'll then end the game and then depending on what the score is. So the question for you guys is, I would like you as a collective of five, and I'll ask you individually to, to give me one, one by one, the last 10 Hibs Derby goal scorers. Now, we're not, just for the purposes of the fact that we've just spoke about Eli Yuan's double, Eli Yuan's double would have technically only counted as one because that is one person to have scored. However, we're not including his in this 10. So, prior to the Eli Yuan double, I would like you guys to tell me the last 10 Hibs Derby goal scorers. Um, I will tell you whether you're right or whether you're wrong after you've said the name. So, just to give you a little bit of a clue, um, there may or may not be an own goal in there. I'll give you that because I completely forgot about that goal when I was doing my research. Um, and we're going back to 2018 onwards. Okay, so there's your only two clues that I'm going to give you. Craig, can you kick us off and can you give us one of the last 10 Hibs goal scorers against Hearts? I'll get one of the hard ones out of the way. Melker Halberg. Correct. Mark, would you like to give me one? I'll go an easy one, Kevin Nisbet. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Tony, do you want to give me one? Uh, Martin Boyle. Correct, another easy one out of the way. Um, maybe not helped by my background there, but whatever, <laughs> we move on. Uh, Nye, do you want to give me one? Um, I've just had that brain fart there. I... <laughs> oh man, I can't believe it. Um, Hecky's game at Tyne Castle. Um, oh, fuck man, it's I can't believe it. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's called it quits. I thought you'd taken your life there. Totally, I've crumbled under pressure. You know who I mean, though, don't you? Aye, 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 but we can't aye. answer it. No. Nah. Oh, I'll tell, tell you what, Nigel, I'll give you a couple of other minutes, right? a couple of other seconds. I'll go to Gav. Gav, you want nice. to give me one? You want no clue? Have a look no, at I've the footy behind it. Sean. It's Horgan. There we go. There we go. There we go. Pressure, boys. <laughs> right, Gav, your turn. Oof, put it right under the bus there. Like I was thinking of Horgan myself. Um... Oh my days. Uh, um... I don't that many. I know. Stevie Mallon? Yep, that is. Tenable, as they would say. So that takes us to one, two, three, four, five, because you've all got one correct so far. So we've got five to go. Um, we'll work our way back, and I'll leave Mark and Craig with potentially the, the harder ones. So, Gav, you want to give me another one? Paul Hanlon. That is not Tenable. That is incorrect. So 
That's one of your life's gone. Nige. <clears throat> Since 2018? Yep. Bloody hell. Tony, you got one in mind? Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Sorry, Nige? Uh, not Stevenson. Uh, oh, Wellerspoon. He's that one. They've been 2018 with it. David oh, Wellerspoon. It was about 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was only five years ago. To be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, my next door. Oh, right, is that not your answer, or Nige? No, that is my answer, and we're we're done, boys. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. So that's your that's your set that's your second life gone. You've chucked the chucked the squad under the bus there, Nig. So you've got one life left. So you can only get one more wrong, and then it's game over. Tony, you got one. Oh, I think so. Is it um, Scott Allen? No, that just missed out, and I mean oh, just missed shout. out. That was a really good shout, I know. Uh, so Scott, so excluding obviously Ellie Yuan, Scott Allen would have been number eleven on Aye, that list. Because I was thinking that because it was the, the the game, the natural order game. That's what I was yes, thinking. Correct, yeah, correct, correct. So basically, it was after that game until the Kevin Nisbet one at the end of last season. That is that is where our ten goals have came from. So I'll run you through them since you've used your three lives, unfortunately. Um, oh, do we not even? So no, nah, so he's only as a collective. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. So you've only got half the answers. Can I just give you the three that I've got anyway, Sean? Of course you can. So the own goal, Christoph Berra. Correct. Christian Dodge at Handen against Hearts in the series. Uh, Correct. I was going to say that. And Camberry penalty at Tynecastle under Lennon. That is correct. I would never have got the Camberry one. Like, never would have got that. That is correct. That is another one. Yep. That's That's a good one. I never thought of that. Oh, and the yeah, last Chris, one? Chris Cadden. Chris Cadden at There you go. Well done, boys. Should have just left like it for me. The there we go. Held your hips credits there. That's good, Craig. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> um, Just for the premise of the recording here as well, I'm just going to let you know my screen has went completely blank, so I cannot see a single person now, so apologies if you are making <laughs> funny faces at me or not. So... <laughs> Hopefully I don't froze. Don't know what's going on with my laptop. However, I'll try and get it back up and running. But I can still hear you. What we'll do now is we're just going to move into a wee segment called Top 3. Now, Tony, we're going to start off with yourself. And I, I want you to talk us through, you can talk uh, as much or as little detail as you want, your Top 3 Derby moments and why. So uh, I was trying, because I know that the other ones were like goals, uh, and matches and stuff, so I tried my best to sort of stay away for that. Um, so probably my if I'm going to start with my absolute probably favorite is probably back in 2009 when the guy ran on the pitch and tried to punch Derek Riordan at, at Pinecastle <laughs> with, with, with a ghost punch because he actually fell on his arse as well and he couldn't, he didn't connect. So that, that was, was like a penalty, wasn't it? Aye, and obviously yeah. we went to Tiny, and, and and we obviously didn't fancy it. We had like seven players do it. It was under Mixu, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. uh, and like we didn't fancy it. We we brought fifteen hundred folk. The people weren't weren't up for it at all. Uh, and I'll be one. I was one of them. I was I was at my mate's house uh, watching it, and uh, like he, he scored the penalty, and they were just they were furious because they had I think they had a decent result against Rangers through the week or something like that, and they were they were absolutely certain. They're going to beat us, and it's just that obviously Derek Ireland was sort of everything 
Like I, I, I love Dirt Riding. I think it's just it's the it's the perfect sort of Hibs story. It's Hibs boy coming from sort of the 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 north of Edinburgh, and he banged in over a hundred. It's like absolute legendary stuff. Yeah. And it was all like just proper gifted talent. It's just like incredible. Um, but so for for him to do it, they obviously hate him the most. They they, they probably feel that he epitomises Hibs. <laughs> is probably what they would think. So to yeah, see them yeah. get to the point of that much anger and run on the pitch and then still look like a fucking clown after it, it's uh, <laughs> is, is, is pretty good stuff, man. And what's your what's your other two? What else? Uh, that is a really good one to top the list. Um, that would definitely be up there for me in regards to Ooh. to moments. That's for sure. What's your other two? Uh, I remember uh, Addis Alan Benjamin's celebration. Oh, that's a <laughs> tremendous <laughs> shout, by the way. <laughs> when he ran the length of the pitch and people were trying to stop him. Uh, as he as he ran through everyone and he and he ran up to Arch because that was class because that was like obviously a young guy who'd he because the Benji and Zamama they they really tried they kind of immersed themselves in everything at Hibs and it was obviously it's, it's cool seeing people come from such such far away like all the way from Africa and they come over and they seem to really get and and I bet if you sat them down now they would say that that's probably the most special parts of their careers was 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 the time at Hibs. And he just lost it right away. Like he's obviously got so caught up as a young guy. The second yeah. he does it, and the first thing is like what we'd all do: run to the away fans, run to the, the derby rivals, and just go absolutely mental in front of them. And uh, I, I just thought that was a magic moment. And uh, my mate ended up on the pitch, I think, and, uh, and he got banned for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and your last one? Um, well, this is probably more more personal. Uh, my um, my. When when I went to the derby, you know the possession derby, <laughs> I think as it's called. When we won in the league cup quarter final, yeah, where Bob Jones scored. Uh, My favourite moment is the fact that we that we absolutely humped them and never looked like scoring. I never looked like losing, but we didn't score again because I took money off everyone. This is back in the day we could put a bet on in the stadium, and I took money for everyone and put a bet on, and everyone wanted me to put Rob Jones first scorer, and I sat down, and I was in a different stand for them because I got my ticket late in the West Stand. And I was celebrating the goal, like brilliant. And I looked down, I put him down his last goal scorer. And I, oh. <laughs> and I knew they were all in the other stand, thinking, right, we're fucking quids in for the night. We're all we're all gone out. Uh, and I'm just sitting there, like trying to enjoy a derby, knowing that I've got a uh, hell. I'm going to get so much fucking pelters. After. <laughs> uh, and then eventually, uh, all, all's well, it ends well. And I was able to tell the story and not get my fucking knee kicked. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Nige, top Yo. three. Derby goals at Easter Road and Easter Road alone. What what is the top three for you? Uh, for me, so number three um, is Gar- we're going back to 2005. So Gary O'Connor second goal, well his first goal, but Hibs's second goal against Hearts. And I think Hearts came in at the game. I think they were ten or eleven unbeaten. They thought they were world beaters, and I remember them giving us so much shit. You know, the, in the run up to the game and singing we are unbeatable and. Boozy opened the score in, and then I think it was Bruni whipped a ball and Gary O'Connor's chested it down and he's just absolutely put the laces through it past Gordon and uh, honestly the atmosphere in there was just absolutely tremendous and obviously Hearts had been bought over they were going through that kind of period where to be fair they were getting some good results and they were really competitive and obviously to come Easter Road and us getting that result was was tremendous. So yeah, that 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 number two, number three, Um, De La Cruz. Remember De La Cruz. So, because remember, Wanjo had missed that. I think they had gone straight from the kickoff, and Wanjo had had a shot. Nick Cogan's just put up the part. Alan Orman's taking it down, cut inside, and 
was that a shot, was that a cross? Obviously top bin. But if you look at the replay, one of the things about it I love the most is the fact that there's a Hearts fan who's obviously just coming out trying to find his seat. I and mean, as that ball's landed in the top corner and the Hibs fans have gone mental, he jumps up and you see him on the telly behind the goals, he jumps up, starts celebrating. And as soon as he mm-hmm. finds it, Hibs have scored, he's given it all for us. So, you know, tremendous. Um, That's when they only brought about like six fans or all. Ah, they were going through. That's right. They were going through a boycott, weren't they? Um, well, that's what they always call it. That's what they always call it. Ah, was it something to do with ticket places or something? I can't, I can't even mind. But um, we won that game two-one. Uh, I remember it being really miserable game. Um, it started so well, um, by just tremendous, just a great goal. It was like thirty-six seconds or something like that. So yeah, fantastic. And. Um, Number one for me, it's got to be Russell Latipe, six of the best. Um, just, oh. I was there with my dad, and I was only, I would have only been four, I like fourteen at the time. And Hearts had scored early. Uh, Andy Kirk had scored. They didn't have many fans for that game as well. Actually, I think they only took like the top tier. And um, I remember saying to my dad, I was absolutely devastated. He says, "Listen, son, like." We'll turn it around. Obviously, Mixu gets the, the two before half time. We were just outstanding, but the link up play with Mixu and Latipe for that goal, just unbelievable. And Ian Crocker's commentary, right, is I it's up there with Liam Henderson mm-hmm. to deliver. And I still know it word for word to this day, but unbelievable. So, nah, it's good. And, good and, Russell, and Russell Latipe, like, you go on about luxury players, but he was just. He was something else. I thought he used to smoke like 40 fags a day and then he would just go on there. And for me, one of the best players I've ever seen on a hip shot. Yeah. Um, just outstanding, great to watch. You know, so that's my top three chat. Good, yeah. brilliant. Good, good never used to. Russell Tappy, when he went into Falkirk training, they all used to go mental on him because he never used to do anything at training. And they'd say, why does he not have to do it? And he'd turn up and they would all be doing drills. And then... Uh, he turned around and said, "Using the guys that carry the piano, I'm the guy who no, plays, plays the piano. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gav, I'm assuming that your Derby memories, your top three Derby memories, will be a little bit more recent, um, yeah. for obvious reasons. Do you want to hit us <laughs> with what, what they are in, in no particular order? I've got uh, Simon Murray's goal in the first oh, yeah, Derby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, best part of that is 11-year-old me, Kind of first experience of the derby, going to a game live, kind of not really having a clue what to do, kind of just jumping up and down, going mental. Um, but no, the I best thing that was certainly. I was living in New Zealand at that point as an old man, still. <laughs> like about 30 year old. <laughs> and then obviously, my second uh, best. Derby it was probably the Boyle equaliser. Uh, that game was just absolutely it was mental. It was a top proper derby. Um, you know, another day we could have probably lost that kind of three 0 but you know, Martin Boyle coming back, you couldn't write it. You generally couldn't write it the way he just comes back, gets the goal. I don't think I've celebrated a goal as much as that ever. Um, I was just I was just about to say that you'll be hard pushed for Limbs at Easter Road being beaten than mm. that. Yeah, yeah. He snuck him on the team sheet before the game. Nadie knew he was going to play. I've never seen a buzz like that ruin the streets oh, and the pubs. Because Nadie thought it was. Mm-hmm. It was mental. I, I was actually walking down the stairs as we were on the attack there and literally holding on to the, 
the railing when that's gone in and it was just absolute scenes and then obviously hearts are like you know we're celebrating a draw no no we're celebrating the fact that Boyle's come that's the stuff of dreams that you couldn't oh, write it do you know hmm. what I mean so you just you can't write that stuff so and they'd what's, be doing uh, the same they'd what's doing... um what's number one for you Gav probably Scott Allen's performance in a natural order obviously Ooh. scoring and then this, it was unplayable absolutely unplayable it's a like, great game if you speak to our grandkids about McGinn, McGeoch and Alan and the way that I was spoken to about Stanton and O'Rourke and mm-hmm. Copley and all that, that's just, <laughs> that midfield is just, it's one of them, just a absolutely caviar. Like, that midfield is like the top midfield that like probably most of you guys have seen for ages, like probably like Brown is like, all the kind of Brown and all that and all the kind of golden generation were the ones that probably used were like, well, they're top um, for me. It's kind of Mickey Ock, Allen and McGinn. Um, but no, like, Allen's a player that, like, whenever an attacking midfielder comes in, it's like, well, Scott Allen to top. Like, there's nobody else. Some of the passes he was, like, he used to um, kind of play were just mind-boggling. Like, nah. that, goal, that goal he scored is really quite unique. The way he hits it, it's like, you, you didn't see goals like that very often. Uh, it's like, it's a really smart, like, cute finish. It's brilliant. The way, the way it just goes along, like it just looks like it's like a thing. And I, I think of the word that I'm thinking of, but it just the way it just the way it leaves his foot and just goes right. Oh, aye, brilliant goal, brilliant he goal. He was flat footed and all. He just wasn't anticipating it at all, wasn't he? He hits it so early. He didn't think he's going to hit it because of the style yeah. of it, and he digs it out. It's, it's real top class. The weird like setup for handling as well kind of makes it, and the fact that he has to take it down. Is it, does he take it on the thigh and then is it chest yeah. and shoot it down the thigh? He takes it in the thigh and then just gets aye. it. Mm. He almost cuts across it without aye. outside of the foot in it, but aye, it's Daisy Cutter. I think you're looking for Sean. Just a aye, thank you. Just a zinger right along the right along the carpet. Um, right. So what we're going to do now, boys, turn a little bit different. Another wee game that I'm going to throw you into. Um, we're going to play a game of lies, and it's going to be Ramble versus the guests. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, and for the listeners um, at home watching and listening to this. Basically, the premise of lies is I'm going to give the boys a topic of conversation and they are going to have 30 seconds to name however many answers for said question in that time period. What will happen is they will go up against each other. So there are five questions, so they'll all get the opportunity to go up against one another at some point. If, hypothetically, I give one of the boys a question and they say that they can provide 10, the other person would then need to say that they are either a liar if they do not think that they can answer 10, or if they feel like they can do more, they would then say 11 and so on and so forth until someone gets called out for being a liar. The person that gets called out for being the liar then has to prove that they are not by providing us with that amount of answers to that question. So what we're going to do now first um, is we're going to have Mark up against Tony. And the first question is going to be how many Derby goals can you mention since after the 5-1 in 2012. So, Mark, I'll let you represent the ra- the ramble here. You can kick us off with a number. How many goals in 30 seconds... Uh, yeah, how many goals in 30 seconds do you think you can name since the 5-1? Uh, I'll, I'll just... I'll go with 10. So, Tony, so just so just to get that just to get that clear, so what you have to describe the goal or what? what do you no, just have to you, no. The goal so, as, as, so as long as it's clear what the goal is, so hypothetically, just so I don't give you an answer here, if you said James McPake, 
Scottish Cup final, that would be one. Obviously, mm -hmm. for the basis of this question, it wouldn't because it's after that game. You just need to make it clear to me that I know what goal you're referring to. So, or if you said pat line in one, pat line in two, pat line, that would be three, right? Mm -hmm. But again, that's not within the remit of the question because I'm asking for goals after that cup final. So do you think, Tony, that you could do 11? Or do you think Mark is a liar and that he could not do 10? In 30 seconds. In 30 I'm actually going to call him out as a liar, I. It's quite a lot to, to do because you have to explain. Yeah. You have to explain what the goal is. I, I didn't really think about. Part. I didn't really think about having to kind of explain <laughs> the goals. But do you know what? I'll get a bash. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Mark, you're representing the ramble here. So, Danny, let us down. Right, Mark, I will let you. I'll let you go. I'll start you off in a second. Now you're ready to go. You've got 30 seconds to name as many derby goals since 20, since the 5-1 in 2012 up until Eliuans. Right, you ready? Yeah. And go. David Wallace been Scottish Cup, Liam Craig penalty, James Collins goal in the same game, uh, Scott Allen Daisy cutter, James Jim McLaren goal in the same game, Scott uh, Martin Boyle double at Tyne Castle, Daryl Horgan double at Tyne Castle, uh, the own goal, Christoph Berra. It does have to be Hibs goals, Done, done, done. Well, goals. That's ten goals. Yeah, because what? Because he, because he, he got the doubles. Yeah, actually got four right away. I, I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah, that's the same game. Way, that, Mark, we, I think we benefited from a, a very shady rule there. I think that should only count as one, but that's no. Ah, for me. there's two, there's two separate goals, Greg. They didn't count as one in a game, so they count as two in the quiz as well. Well done, Mark. Twenty-two seconds on the clock. That took you. Brilliant. Well done, Mark. Right. That was good. Nice one, Mark. Good. Uh, right. So the next, so the next question. Um, and I'll tell you, so we will be facing each other in a second. How many Derby goal scorers can you name? So all you need is to name someone that has scored for Hibs against Hearts, and you can go as far back as you want. However, it depends how far back my memory goes, but I would assume these will keep it relatively recent. Craig, you are going to be up against Nige for this question. Um, so Craig, hit us off with a number. How many Derby goal scorers can you name in thirty seconds? Seventeen. In thirty seconds. In thirty seconds, eh? Any specific? I like it. Right. <laughs> could you could could you go eighteen, or are you calling Craig a liar? I'm calling Craig a liar. No, Nige, go for it, man. I'm the same. Right. I just had the shite bag. Right, so currently one nil to the ramble. Okay, so what did you, you said? Seven, seventeen, Craig. Yeah. I said no seven. <laughs> right. So just to just to make it clear, if Craig hits the seventeen mark, that is two nil to the ramble. If he does not, it makes it one all. Okay. Right, Craig, are you ready? Yeah. Right. You have 30 seconds to name 17 Hibs Derby goal scorers. Starts now. Kenny Miller, Dirk Lehman, Frank Sozzi, Mixu Patalain and Russell Latape, Flo Camberry, Jamie McLaren, Scott Allen, Paul Hanlon, Christian Doidge, Own Goal, Kevin Nisbet, Martin Boyle, Daryl Horgan, Melker Halberg, eh, Ricardo Vaz, Tate, David Wallerspoon. Brilliant. Yeah, 22 seconds on the clock again, by well the done. way. I absolutely have that. My arse wow. was going there like I'm not going to lie. Does it own goal count as one? I can't even believe you went for own goal there. And like, that's <laughs> <a> <laughs> <tough> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I 
Do you know what uh, Especially when you were talking before, you were all about the rules and doing things properly, and then you chuck it in all goal. If we, <laughs> if we hadn't already mentioned Christoph Berra's own goal, I probably would have oh, asked Craig for the, the goal scorer offset on goal, but we take it, or I certainly do as part of the ramble, that's for sure. I started uh, the Millennium Derby and then I tried to start thinking forward, and then as soon as I finished Sozzi, I was like, no, nothing. <laughs> Right, Gav, you're up now. Um, one a little bit easier, I would like to think, although Mark and Craig have done a very, very good job so far. Um, how many of the current Hibs squad can you name? And you're up against Mark for this one. But for the purposes of the fact that Mark and Craig have already been, Gav, how many do you think you could name from the current Hibs squad? And I just want to make this clear. The player must have played either... So, for example, you couldn't say one of the youth players that have been training with the first team, if it's a youth player, they must have played minutes this season um, or are registered as a first team player. All right. Uh, I'm going to go for 16. 16. Yeah. Mark? Liar. <laughs> right. Gav, are you ready? Yeah. 16 first team Hibs players for this season. You have 30 seconds. Go. Marsh, Borisic, uh, Borcott, Hanlon, Stevenson, Newell, Jago, Levitt, Yuan, Boyle, Venti, Campbell, Whitaker. Oh, eh. Uh, 13. Delferia. Yeah. Done. 30 seconds. 14. You weren't far off. It was a good effort. That was you started, you started with would... my theory. I would have went squad numbers as well. Uh, That's the way you started. No, no, and then no, it just... uh, I, I, I kind of <laughs> thought you were going to do that, Gav, to be fair. I thought you would have went through, tried to go through starting 11 and go for there. Good effort, though. Fair play. Um, unfortunately for you, you three, that means it's an automatic Hibs Ramble win. However, we do still have two other rounds, so you do have time to try and salvage some level of credibility. Next question. Um, you're you going to hate me for the last one, don't you worry? So if you're up for the last one, you're going to hate that. Um, so the, last, uh, sorry, the, the second last question is, how many Hibs managers can you name? And we'll go Craig versus Nige on this. In fact, no, we'll go Craig versus Tony, so then it's no Mark Tony again on the on the last one. So Craig versus Nige. Nige, how many Hibs managers do you think you could name in 30 seconds? Uh, 10. Craig? I think it's me. Uh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll go for 11 then. Oh, sorry, Tony. It's against, it's against Craig, sorry. Oh, sorry. No. Sorry. I'll, I, I, so I was going to, I'm going to keep you till the end so it's not Mark versus Tony again. But you've already told me it's going to be a disgusting question, right, class? Uh, and also, uh, yeah, it's a disgusting right. question. It's managers, funny, but... managers, I'll go... What did you say, Nige? 10? 10, aye. I'm assuming it's permanent managers as well, Sean. None of this... No, they, mu they, must, they must have been a permanent Hibs uh, manager, right. yeah, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, Surely... I'll, I'll, I'll liar. Uh, just make him go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've you done your work. Yeah. Craig, I, I, I could have, but I want to see him squirm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Nigel, are, are you ready? Go. On you go, have it. Right. <laughs> Nigel, are you ready? Yeah. So, 10 permanent Hibs managers, all time history, 
You have 30 seconds. Three, two, one, go. Uh, Alec Miller, Alex McLeish, Frank Sozzi, uh, Paul Heckenbottom, uh, Terry Butcher, um, Pat Fenlin, uh, Lee Johnson, Nick Montgomery, Neil Lennon, and fuck, I think another one. You won uh, the Scottish Cup. Or Alan Stubbs, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's causing it. It's causing it. It's just pretty short. Ah, it is. It's horrible. Uh, now you got that in 29.28 seconds with the assistance of Tony but the uh, <laughs> game's already done and dusted so I'll allow it I'll allow it love a wee bit love a wee bit of scumbaggery you, you, right. didn't go for, yeah. you didn't go for John Collins either none of the cup winning managers <laughs> <laughs> right so we've got so all, the, all the absolute doom mongers that you came out with there <laughs> three that's one to the, the Ramble boys Right, last last question. Um, what have we got? So, last question. Sorry, it should be Mark. Mark versus Tony here. Eh? Apologies, I think I've messed that up. Anyway, we're here. Last question. How many Hibs player? Oh, sorry, I'm trying to think of how to, how to word this. Hibs have been represented by 61 countries. In 30 seconds, how many can you name? Who is it, Mark versus Tony? Uh, yes. So they, as in, have they had not, to have a cap, or no, just no, how many they just, they're just born right. from that born from that country. Okay. Mark, who? I'll say. Um, I'll go with ten. Tony, can you push? Can you push Mark higher, or can you do eleven? <clears throat> I reckon um, Tony could go like fourteen easily, easily. Well, I'll I'll, I'll just go eleven, uh, and, <laughs> and I'll Mark. And I'll, can you do twelve? Keep pushing on Mark. I think I could do twelve, but liar. <laughs> right. All right, fine. <laughs> right, Tony. So Hibs have been represented by sixty-one countries. You need to name eleven in seconds. I'm, I'm losing you. I'm not hearing you, mate. Say that again. I'll what just take need? over. I'll take over, Tony. So 10, what would you say, 11 countries in 30 seconds. And I'm just going to assume that we'll be able to know because I'm guessing Sean's got the majority of them written down. Nah, I think so, I'm assuming he's, he's, he's frozen, eh? Yeah. Uh, he's frozen, eh? So 11 countries, 30 seconds, your time starts... No. Uh, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, Switzerland, Austria, um, Netherlands, uh, Morocco, uh, Gambia, um, Northern Ireland, and uh, French. Oh, but I got another one I do. Um, Australia. There we go. Easy. I think you could have done another 10 there easily. Bye. I don't know. The only one that I had in my head was the... Um, the Congo for Rocky recently just Aye. I just wanted to hear Democratic Republic of Congo. Congo, yeah. Yes, Tony, well done. Eleven answers, smashed it. Um, I'm certainly not going to sit here and go through the other answers. That's for sure. Let me tell you about that. Um, the Ramble has came out on top, so well done, Craig. Well done, Mark. He's have represented us very well. Three, two victory in the end. Well done. So we're going to move on to. Australia, 
probably the most famous, one of the most famous in our history. So we'll Absolutely. take that. Like it was written, written I'll in the stars. It. I'll <laughs> it to you. <laughs> uh, right, so a couple of little segments, one for Craig, one for Mark. Then we're going to uh, bring everyone back together and we're going to preview the weekend's game there. Um, for the Derby, say weekend, it's obviously not the weekend, but it'll feel like that considering it's over the festive period, won't it? Yeah. Craig, we're going to do a Derby goals this or that. So straightforward, no explanation, no reasoning why. You can hit us with it and if we disagree, we can abuse you if we want. So you've got five um, five head-to-heads here. We've mm-hmm. got Gary O'Connor's goal in the game where Grant Bredner was sent off. So the 10 men, we only needed 10 men. And one of Gav's favourite memories, the Simon Murray. Gary O'Connor. We've got the Millennium Sozzi goal versus Horgan's second. Oh, Sozzi. We've got Russell Latapies versus Scott Allen's. Latapies. Yeah. We've got De La Cruz's mishit slash wonder goal versus Derek Arden's wonder goal where he cuts into the left and hits it in the top bins. DR10 every day of the week. Die. And lastly, Boyle's equaliser in the one all. Or Eli Yuan's equaliser in the two all. And if you want to take Lim's into consideration for that, you can take Lim's into consideration. You should have went Hanlon because that would have been the easy, so hard, easy one. Uh, I think the Yuan one was so the I'll caveat it right. The Yuan one, I didn't actually realise it had gone in. Only because everybody, I only realised because everybody else started going mental. Because obviously, when you're in like row 20 in the fucking death trap. You can't see anything beyond almost the crossbar. Mm. So I'll just, I'll go for the the feeling of everything and the way it all transpired. And the fact that I've probably not seen limbs like that at Easter Road for a very, very long time, if ever. Um, I'd go Boyle's last minute equaliser. The, the limbs just... at Tincastle are the best limbs I've ever experienced in my life when LU unequalised. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's that could have been a this or that. What was it? Your limbs at tiny. I know it's at Easter Road, but limbs at tiny. Limbs good... at tiny are always on top. Eh? Always on top. Uh, Away uh, limbs are just naturally uh, better. Uh, not, there's something else. Something uh. else. Um, those listening, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube comments, or whatever what you would have picked at this or that. I also want to know in the comments and in the replies what everyone else's blind ranking is going to be because that is what Mark has. To face now so could come out with egg on your face here um we're doing a blind ranking of hibs derby goal scorers mark right so it's not the goals themselves it is the player that you're ranking okay okay so you the first name is mixu patalain and where are you ranking him out of one to five um two lee griffiths <laughs> um, three. Wait, James. is this in terms of favourite player or best yeah. player? Yeah, well, it's what, what, yeah, your I'll interpretation go, put, of it. We're just not ranking their goals. I'll put I'll put Griffiths at three. James Collins. Five. Ricardo Vazte. <laughs> Four. <laughs> I'm so happy, Mark, that I picked you to do this. Because I was wanting this ranking to go this way. <laughs> so that then means that your number one goal scorer to have played and scored in a derby is Tam McManus. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Can I just so be the first? Can I just be the first one to say fucking boo <laughs> to that? Uh, I mean, Dermot Morrison when I call him doesn't give you the confidence to be a journalist in nothing, Will. Oh, brilliant, Mark. I've, uh, that's, that's made my night, that. So we've got Tam McManus, Mitchell <laughs> Patalainen, Lee Griffiths, Ricardo Vazte, and James Collins. Tremendous top five. I'll take that, that. I love Tam McManus. Favourite player of all time. <laughs> Along with your favourite Hibs manager of all time in Sean Maloney, yeah? Absolutely. Uh, right, brilliant. Games have came to an end, boys. We're going to talk about something a little bit more serious in regards to the grand scheme of things of what we have spoke about on tonight's episode, and that is previewing the game itself. We've touched on it, we've flirted at it, and now we're going to kind of get into the, into a little bit more detail as we bring the episode to a close. So, Gavo, you spoke about it earlier on, um, so did Nigel as well, and we'll come to, come to the lads in a second. How do you see us shaping up? How would you like to see us shape up and how do you see us shaping up coming into that game? I would like us to change formation. Um, not play the 4-4-2. Just is, that, is that to accommodate Hearts more or is that maybe to accommodate our strengths more? A wee bit of both. A wee bit of both. Um, I think... Um, Obviously, over the last few over the last few weeks, we've been quite weak in the midfield. Like it only really takes a team to play three in midfield to then get a wee bit of an upper hand. I feel. Um, so I think if we move to that, I don't, I don't think we will, but I think we should, um, and we should try and just play on the front foot. I think the way Hibs teams play them. The way Hibs play the best is on the counter attack. So usually just uh, soak up a bit of pressure, not too much because then it gets all nervous. Like everyone's like kind of head on their hands, like oh, just waiting for the goal to happen. Like sorry. Nige, do you think you'll we'll see any surprises in the starting eleven? Well, but just with the number of games that we've got recent in recent weeks and the amount of away games we've had as well. Could we maybe see Rocky dropping out? I mean, Lewis Miller's been having a bug. Nick Montgomery's mentioned about having a bug in the camp as well. Do you think that could play a part? Or similar to what Craig said earlier on, like everything goes out the window because everyone's raring to go. How do you see the team selection going? Uh, To be honest, I I don't see there being, you know, many changes. I think that Montgomery, you know, he he seems to want to kind of stick with, you know, similar starting eleven and similar sort of game uh, tactics and I'm not sure I really agree with it I think at the moment because I think if we look back at the games that we have won which you could argue under Lee Johnson we probably wouldn't have got anything from them but we haven't really been playing well they've been ugly wins Um, he'll obviously see that as progress I just think with the derby it's a completely different kettle of fish I think for us we, we you know we've got a We've just got to go for it from the from the first minute to the last minute. I think you know at Easter Road, Christmas time, eight o'clock kickoff under the floodlights. The crowd are going to be well up for it. We've just got to to you know to start well. My biggest concern is if Hearts score early, I think all oh, the game plan goes out the window. Um, it's going to be a case of winning that midfield for me. And yeah. I think that if he is going to change it. You want to bring in Jago. You need players in there that can can battle, because Flair's not going to cut it in the derby. And you know, 
Aye, it's, I think we are dangerous on the counter-attack, but we've not seen a lot of that in the last sort of few games. I don't mm. know if that's the system's kind of stopping us, kind of getting the best out of Boyle and Newhan, because they're, they're not the, the same sort of threat going forward, and doesn't suit them coming back, coming short to receive the pass, and then taking on players. They want to be running on the balls, they want to yeah. be running at players. So it's a difficult one because... Does he does he go all out and attack and then he, he plays a four two four and then we get absolutely yeah. in midfield or does he go a bit more conservative and you know and and try and play them at their own game and try and win the individual battles and then you make to be fair to be fair Nigel you make some tremendous points I'm going to throw some of them to Tony and get get his opinion on it Nigel spoke about if we potentially lose a goal early how will that game plan change. Um, or on the flip side, if if we maybe take an early lead, how do you think that game plan will change? Because you could see that if we if we look at previous games, with Monty, he doesn't really try and change his style. Things in game really you know can change at times, but the personnel has stayed the same. How or what does Monty need to do in game? Because we know how he's going to set up. What does he need to do in game to get the best out of the players that we've got for this type of game? Well, I'll tell you what he's got. He's, he uses a wide player and has them coming inside. That's how, that's kind of how he tries to negate getting the players on the park that he wants and to negate the fact that he only plays with two. So obviously we've seen recently Tavares has played on the inside. He done that to really quite good effect in a defensive sense against Celtic at Easter Road when, when they drew 0-0. And we saw Ellie Yuan sort of doing that against St Johnston and that and, and that went terribly. So I think that'll be like the the, the idea of how he would. How he'll try to negate the the, the middle three, and, and he might do the same. That might mean for a game like that, that might mean Josh Campbell, just because it's a bit more of an attacking. He's a bit more of a pressing threat. The only issue is, is obviously in a game like that, his passing's not great, and he does give the ball away in a normal game. So when it's that hectic, you will you will lose something. But he might think of that in terms of being able to um, maybe hold off and, and have firepower on the bench for when the game gets a bit more stretched. You might feel that rather than playing Boyle and Yuan in this game, get a foothold and he might be able to use Yuan later. Uh, I'd like, personally, I'd like to see Yuan up front in a game. I'd really like to see it. I think he's best up there. I think it negates all his problems. Because <laughs> um, that, that he, he does, because you, you, you don't mind a player sort of expressing themselves in those positions. He's really good at, he, he can play ways back to goal. He can go over the top. He can buy a yard. He can shoot. I think he's got basically all the tools necessary to be a really rounded striker uh, in this league. But you, you, you mentioned it earlier. He's Montgomery, it's not just that he's stuck in his ways. In this period, I don't think there's going to be much flexibility. He's trying to create a characteristic of a side. He's trying to create a style. So yeah. even though sometimes we might not disagree, and I disagree with it at times, he's not going to do it because he's feel the only way he can implement it properly is if he keeps on the repetition and doing it. And he's trying to do it with players that he maybe aren't necessarily capable, but I don't think he's going to change. So I think some of the players will have to take some of the initiative and the part and use their own smarts during it. For like the St Johnston game, for example, that five-minute period when we were just giving the ball away constantly that led to the goal and led to them having numerous chances, periods like that in the derby, just take your own initiative and just get out get out for that period. A little bit more of freedom for the players as well. Yeah, just a little I bit think, of licence to express yourself and do a little bit yeah. more. Aye, but I mean, he's not going to change the style and anyone who thinks he is, is, is off their head. And whether we like that or not, there's no... There, I, I'm not massively against it because there's no teams in this league that really have a style. There's no, there's so many teams that feel like they're just still coming into pre-season. You've no idea how they play 
or what their identity is at a team. So I, I understand it's quite nice to see at least that we're trying to put an idea together. The main worry is is that we um, we we sort of we're creating less chances the more um, Montgomery's been involved, and that's 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 a really yeah. worrying part of it. Yeah. Now nah, you're spot on with what you've said, and I think yeah. we've spoke about it on plenty of times on the episodes about the fact that it's good that he's got this level of identity and what he's trying to play. And just at the moment, with what he has at his, you know, facility, it's just not the level of player to play how he's wanting to play. And you're better having that philosophy and getting them up to that standard and bringing in players of that standard rather than accommodating what's there and then changing mid-season. So you make some great points, Tony. That's exactly. for sure. For sure. It'd be much better if we had them in pre-season. This is the pro- the biggest right. problem with the board was yeah. running with a manager that they knew they were going to sack the second it started to go well. They basically bought into Lee Johnson because they had a good end to last season. They, they should have just been brave and done it then. The obviously, they wanted to do it. Obviously, you don't do it three games a season unless you wanted to do that. Yeah. They should have been brave. But you've got you've got to remember, us Hibs fans, we were expecting to be Aston Villa and stuff like that under Lee Johnson, of course. Uh-huh. So, some video. Uh, Craig, to, just before we wrap up and your favourite part in regards to actually getting predictions, which I know you absolutely love, um, looking at that game at, up against Hearts, we spoke earlier on about the key threats that potentially Hearts had in the last game. Other than the midfield battle, which we'll spoke at a great length on tonight's episode, where else do you think could we potentially get a winning margin against Hearts and just have that extra edge? And who do you think that will be? I reckon we'll have a better chance on Wednesday. Wednesday, yep. if Martin Boyle's out wide, um, I don't. Which like, feeds into what Tony was saying about having yeah, you and up I, front and Boyle out wide. I don't. I don't like this persistence with Boyle through the middle. Whilst he can be effective, I think he's in a game like this as well. He's more effective out wide. I'd actually quite like to see us go bold and go with uh, Dodge and Venti up front. Just go with like we've we've because we've kind of been playing so this this four four two slash four triple two almost like a you know it's high and wide when we're attacking but it's sort of compact and box like when we're defending. I reckon we'll have more of a chance with whether it be definitely Boyle on the right and then you have either Jr or Yuan out on the left. Um, I think it'd be quite harsh to drop Jr at this present moment because he's probably been one of the brightest sparks mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, especially since he's been given his sort of sustained run in the team. But it would be, I think we spoke about it, Sean, it might have been before the Celtic game, about someone like Dodge being useful in games like this because what he'll do is he'll pin centre-backs back. Whether it well, be he's, a he's useful in the last derby, wasn't he? Whether, <laughs> whether it be a combination of Venti, you, Venti, you and Boyle, whatever sort of way they want to work that, even Campbell, because we've seen him up there. I don't see any of those being able to pin a heart centre back back, and by pin them back, I mean stop them from like use their body to stop them attacking the ball from behind. Any other forward, any centre half, I mean, who would they put Rolls, Kent, and I think Halkett's fit again. So. Yeah, because Kingsley's Kingsley's injured. He went off injured, which is good yeah. because he's good he's found us. much more form. Like last season, obviously, yeah. he was atrocious, but he's found much more form recently. Yeah, so there's there's an area where three centre-halves who, depending on Halkett as well, because he's barely played for like the last, what is it, like two years or so, he's hardly mm. kicked the ball. Yeah, Having someone like Deutsch, who's a bit physical, who'll get... We've seen it last season, Sean, with, with Nisbet and Rolls. We spoke about it. 
Nisbet's not the most physical of players, but he absolutely ran Roll mm-hmm. Rag at the Easter Road. Like he gave him a fucking torrid time. Um, so for me, the 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 game, although it'll be hectic in the middle of the park, for me, <coughs> it'll be won or lost come quarter to seven, seven o'clock when we see the team line and see who's actually playing. I would feel much more confident if it was both Dodge and Venti up top being supplied by a combination of Boyle, Yuan and Jer. But I think this is a game for Boyle to get maybe get his, his finger out a bit as well because he's no exactly been setting the heather alight. This could be the no, game that proper hard. takes us into the new year as well. Because yeah. he, he's got, like, we, we lose his ball carrying skills as well when, when you yeah. put him up front. And sometimes, I, I say, when we try to play this quite intricate way forward, <laughs> you kind of need other ways of getting up the park because it's not always going to work. And he's your main guy yeah. who can take it for a dribble. And like you're saying with Dodge, you can move him on. Kai Rowles is, is, is a, a decent player, but he's not good in the air. He really yeah. struggles in the air for a centre half. So you could have Dodge sort of moving on to him. And obviously Venti, even though I don't love it because we don't see him in front of the goal enough, he's, he's, very, he's very adept at being a defensive striker. I mean, you could see him, they could put him on Benny Beningimi the same way that he'd done to Callum McGregor at Easter Road. Uh, and, and that worked really well. And with Hearts, Beningimi's their main sort of like, he's the one who can take the ball to feet. He's the one who will keep the, the, the possession rotating for them. He's the sort of intelligent player in, the, in that middle park. So if he can stop, that is the way of them getting out. Once they've lost Kingsley as well, which is another avenue that they have to get up the park. Mm-hmm. You, you can start to nullify the ways that they actually move in. And again, like I'm saying, then you can press tight. You could get in a position where this heart team, I think, where you could suffocate them. You could really dominate the game if, if you want to. And they struggle to get in behind teams. They play in front of teams all the time. They don't have much pace. And the pace that they do have, the manager doesn't really seem to trust. Um, so since they've left, they've lost Ginelli. That It's been a huge loss to them, not just about his talent, just about the way that they make up of their team and how they can play. So there, there's definitely avenues for Hibs. To, to really hurt hearts and to properly be yeah. able to to dominate this game if, if they're brave and like you're saying he gets his team selection right. I think that's as well it. for Boyle for me that's the key thing about pace as well. I think in a one-on-one burner race, you'd assume what Cochrane at left back or left wing back. I'm not sure if he'd go with the four or the three with Kingsley being injured, but Boyle running at Cochrane would give him a nightmare. And what Boyle does as well is Boyle runs from deep. So Boyle doesn't have an issue picking the ball up on the touchline 45 yards out and driving at goal. Whilst Yuan and JR, Yuan more especially, he likes to threaten to do it. He likes to mm. threaten to... I mean, we've seen it when we played them at Easter Road last season. He turned the burners on in the last minute and mm. got the equaliser. He'd done it against Rangers the week week or so later, or earlier, kind of, with the way it spun about. But Boyle's the one who'll just get the ball and run at defenders. And... It's yeah. that old cliche, but any defender or t- anybody who's been involved at any level of football will tell you the one thing that the defenders f- uh, hate more than most is pace. And then that's another thing. Boyle isolating, whether it's him on the right or even if he wants to take a shot on the left, whether it be Atkinson or um, Cochrane, completely isolating Boyle up against them and letting him drive at them. It might know he might drive at them ten times. It'll not come off nine times, but it will come off once out of the yeah. ten times. Yeah. And then, and then again, you've got Cochrane not able to get up the park, which is another way of their main avenues that they get apart because he'll have to worry about Boyle. And we yeah. are the home team; we want to be able to take the initiative here. Yeah. And I, and I hope that the fact that we've not been at home for ages actually helps. The team's going to feel really good and comfortable when they've not been at home for so long. Mm-hmm. It's coming to a game; it's going to be a brilliant atmosphere. Everyone's going to be on the piss for about midday. I mean, it's going to be a joke. It's going to be poison. Still be, still be pissed for Christmas Day, Tori. Exactly. Never mind midday. Right through. <laughs> <laughs> 
Being a sellout like, and you're talking like, you know, us no being four four away games on the trot, or no, or no at home. Like the crowd, the crowd should be up for it completely. Mm-hmm. Like, up for okay. it. Yeah, it's not one of those. It's like a, the thing we've we've got to go for it. It'll almost feel like a cup game. Can the midweek cup games that we had? That's kind of the feel. I mean, I I love these games this time of year, eh? Because like you say, everybody's on the lash for fucking three ah. o'clock the day before. Like most folk are off work the following day. Yeah. Obviously, it's in that happy spell of the year, so uh, it's. It's definitely yeah, one we're that we definitely should definitely looking, looking forward to. It, that's for sure. Um, and I think we'll close... just before you finish on, I think this Sorry. could really set a marker on where we actually end up at the end of the season. Because if we Momentum can pick wise. up, yeah, if we can yeah. pick up the three points going into the January window, and get, you know, I think we'll, we, can talk, we could probably talk for fucking hours about where we need to strengthen and who needs to be moved. All right, we've got six million we'll pounds to do it soon, so we've got plenty of money. But as as um as Tony said as well, it's it's key for either manager because you've seen it already. Naismith got the manager of the month and then they got beat off Aberdeen and everybody was like, get him out. But then he gets a win against Celtic, so everything's all great again. But then on, on the other side of the coin with us, you have got those folk who are saying about Montgomery, you know, as the, the shooting, the shots on target attacking-wise has decreased sort of week on week on week. You are already, as is the nature of football, you are getting dissenters already saying, one trick pony, yeah. you know. Yeah. What is it? What is he really going to do much more for us? So it's not just about what happens on the Wednesday and the three points. Obviously, it's much more than that for us. But I think in terms of where both teams go, whoever mm. comes out with three points is going to set a real marker down for where they end up come May. Yeah. Because he 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 needs he needs to he needs time Montgomery for what he wants to do the style he wants to play. He's going to need yeah. time. So you need to buy yourself time. Yeah. And the easiest way to buy yourself time is to... You could win this derby and, he, and it would buy him... He could have four defeats going later because people yeah. get a good night out of it and then everyone remembers that and it's enjoyment. It's a connection that you build there. And he needs these types of results to get him the time he needs to implement the actual plan he, he has. So it's a massive game for Montgomery. Yeah, I yeah. argue that's what bit. got Johnson in the summer as well. Like the yeah. Nisbet game, that's got, that paid Johnson mm-hmm. throughout the summer months. Totally. N- Nigel, are you going to jump in there? Sorry. I, I mean, I agree with what the lads are saying. I think uh, the Ross County game is massive because you, you think about it, if, you know, if we don't get a result, then Hearts get a result against the winner and we're going to the derby. There's there's going to be a lot of pressure there mm-hmm. uh, with, with Montgomery. So, you know, it, it totally changes the, the dynamics going into the game. Uh, I know that form goes out the window when it when it comes to derby, but you look at the grand scheme of things, you know, it, it, it doesn't really bode well. And, you know, I think that's a that's a huge game going into the derby for me, and I think um, I definitely think you'll you know you'll hear people kind of saying that it's he's not the man for the job, and it'll all start coming out again. The knives will be, it and you can just see how it's going to go. And I think um, you know we we need to go into that game, and we need to get something from uh, it for me. Like, you're I, you're I correcting what you're saying, Nigel. 100% and you're, we're seeing that already and it touches on the points that Craig's already made and, and, and Tony and Gav as well regarding you know giving them time and you know, having that personality as well and being able to implement it and having the right level of player there as well. What we'll do, we'll end on um, a little bit of prediction so you can make it as glamorous as you want or you can make it as simple as a 2-1 Hibs, you can predict the goal scorers, whatever you want. Gav, you can kick us off. What do you think come... Closey, closey play, full time at the derby. What's the score going to be? What is your prediction? I think, I think it'll be a scrappy game, but I think we'll nick it later on. I, 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 we've not, we've not the 90th minute winner for a while. Certainly not in a derby for 
scored no so long. Like, are you saying are you saying a one nil or a one nil? Scorer. You know what, Jer? You know what? All the Hearts mm-hmm. fans kind of saying how oh he's not that good and all that. I've, I've, I don't have my pals are going like oh aye, he's not that good. You know he's got to come back and put him on the backside and see a nice wee screamer. Sorry. Night. What's your prediction? Do you know what? I think I think we'll win two none. I've just got a feeling that we'll score a couple of goals. I think that they'll come into the game as well. I think Hearts will be confident. You know, obviously got a good result at Parkhead, and I think we'll come Easter Road and we'll just be so up for it. Like the fans will be right, you know, right up for it. And I, I, I've just got a feeling that we'll score a couple. I think we'll. I'm sitting. I've, I've been quite negative in my analysis of, of, of the how how we've been playing, but I just I've got a feeling going into the derby. You know yourself, like anything can happen. But when Hibs turn it on, let's not forget, like we've got the ability to to get a decent result and. Hearts either have had a couple of good results, but by all accounts they've been pretty shit themselves. So I, I think we'll I think we'll Derby fever yeah. taking over already Tony, what's your prediction? I see before I done this, I was kinda of worried it would be a really <laughs> shit game. I'll I'll be honest, I thought that obviously Hearts really struggled to, to get in behind teams as well and, and, and they, they, they end up playing the game in front of you and that can be quite easy. But Hibs are just as guilty. <laughs> of that exact type of thing and I think Hibs would prefer to play on the counter-attack but the fact that we're at home means that that might not be what, what's able to happen but I don't know now I'm getting I'm thinking it under the lights man Easter Road uh, nighttime games I always feel we do quite well in just and, and I've got no evidence of that I don't have any I don't have wise get open in front of me this is just a perception uh, and and that we that we do quite well in, in, in nighttime derbies and nighttime games in general. And now that I've been having this conversation, uh, I, why not? We've not been to Easter Road for weeks, so I'm going to go for a for a 2-1 win at the Hibs as well, man. Fuck it. Do, do well under the lights at derbies at Easter Road, so I'll not mention the one pre-lockdown then, but uh, <laughs> I love the optimism, Tony. I love it. I do. I do. It takes over me as well. I rate it. Right, Craig, your favourite part. I know you hate a prediction anyway, so um, hit me with one and we'll bring it to a close, pal. I'll give you a Wednesday when you ask me for it. For the oh, of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Aye. Exactly. You, know what, you know me, Sean, but I'll go for yeah. the abs. I know. thought I would have maybe been able to squeeze one out of you, but nah, no way. Okay, I'll, 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 go, I'll go for a classic 2-1 Hibs. 2-1 Hibs. We're right. due to give them the reddest of red arses, so... And it's going to... I can't go, so... I'm hoping that... That's a given double you then. Yeah. Hmm. Well, since we've spoken about them a lot, the the Simon Murray game and then the Scott Allen game, I wasn't at either of those. So there we go. Maybe it's, it's one of those. It's one of those. It's an omen. Twenty twelve again. It's an omen. Just want to go on record saying again. I said it before the recording. I'll say it again. Thanks so much to the threes for coming on and Craig as well for joining me and Mark, who's obviously uh, dipped off. Really, really appreciate you joining on. It's been a great laugh tonight. Hopefully, listeners have enjoyed it. Hopefully, you have enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, everyone gets involved in all the games that we've played throughout the throughout the episode as well. So, um, if you haven't, go back, get involved. Let us know the outcome of your your games, your scores, whatever you've done. It'd be good to know what everyone else was saying, especially with the this or that or the lies and stuff like that. Really, really good, brilliant, um, lads. Hope you have a lovely festive period. Yeah. Obviously, by the time yeah, this comes out. Bad. Um, hopefully we'll have a, a beautiful beautiful derby result to talk about 
after the game as well. Really appreciate you coming on. I'll let you go. Stick in. Take care. Much love. See you later. All the best. My pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Bye bye. Let's get ready to rumble.